Welcome to the Socialette Podcast, where we empower you with the marketing know-how you need to create the business of your dreams. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a marketing nerd, Shiraz lover, and passport stamp collector. Join me as I dive into all things small business marketing and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free lessons every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Let's get learning. Welcome back to Socialette Podcast. This is episode 145. I've been chatting a little bit about branding on the podcast lately, but I'm not really an expert on the topic. So I thought I'd bring in somebody who knows a heck of a lot more about branding than I do. Today's podcast guest is the queen of branding herself, Tess Robinson. Tess is the owner and creative director of Smackbang Designs, a Sydney-based branding agency. She started Smackbang at only 22 years old, but just talking to her, it's pretty easy to see why she's been so successful. In today's episode, we're chatting a bit about how she built Smackbang Designs from the ground up. We dive deep into the world of branding and what it can do for your business, and we also chat a little bit about building a team. Let's dive in. Hi, Tess. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Steph. So, Tess, like I've been following your journey pretty closely for, I don't know, probably three years now, like pretty much since I started in business. But for my listeners who don't know who you are or what you do, tell us, what do you do? Yeah, perfect. So, um, I run a design and branding agency called Smackbang Designs. And we're celebrating our eighth birthday in May. Oh my goodness. So yeah, eight years of hard yakka. Um, But yeah, so we work with clients of all different sizes, um, all different industries as well. Yeah. We try to keep our portfolio intentionally diverse. Yeah. Um, And yeah, we work with clients all around the world. And I, yeah, I feel very, very hashtag blessed (laughs) (laughs) Um, to do what I do. I have an amazing team and yeah, we have a lot of fun. That's amazing. So eight years, like that's pretty, pretty amazing. Like how did you get to be where you are? Um, God, how long do you have? <laughs> um, I started the business when I was 22. And I think that with that, um, you know, came a lot of naivety and yeah. I didn't have any fear. So I just kind of went for it. And I did a lot of work for very cheap you know almost free just like portfolio building stuff a hundred percent just building that building my network and connections and stuff and then you know like just like any business you just put one foot in front of the other and eventually it becomes something that you can call a business day by day (laughs) yeah day by day project by project and um yeah I've always you know worked really super hard and not only just hard but really intentionally as well so you know making sure that the business is growing in the direction that I want, not just yeah. growing. I loved, actually, you sent out an email the other day about how it's not luck. And I just yeah. love that because it's so true. Like how yeah. often people say, oh, like, you're lucky that you can work for yourself. You're lucky you can yeah. work from anywhere. And yeah, no, it's certainly not luck. No, and as I said in that email, I was like, you know, I feel like that's, you know, the word luck is just so synonymous with randomness. And I think, you know, there's nothing about building a business that is random. You know, yeah. like it's, it's such a conscious choice every day to show up and give your business your best self and make intentional decisions. And yeah, I think that that's certainly been the case. I mean, there's obviously good fortune and there's privilege, yeah. but I think that those two things are very different. To yeah. Oh, for sure. 
And like you've just had a baby, so <laughs> you can tell by the bags under my eyes. I'm glad this is a podcast. <laughs> to our listeners, Tess actually doesn't have any bags under her eyes. <laughs> I think you mine can stay Tess. <laughs> but so like what does a day in your life look like at the moment now oh, that you've got a baby in your life? At the moment there is absolutely no consistency day to day. So yeah. little Dylan is only four months old. So she is, you know, just learning to sleep in, you know, yeah, certain routines and things like that. So it's very much just trial and error at the moment. And I'm just, you know, surrendering to all of that. <laughs> I, I, at heart, I'm a total control freak, but I know I think we that, all kind of are. Yeah, absolutely. But I know that this is, you know, it's certainly not the time to be a control freak. This yeah. is the time of adjustment and just kind of surrendering to that. So I work from home. I mean, I'm really lucky. My partner also runs a business. Yeah. And so we're both really flexible. So we've divided the week in half. That's and, good. you know, so far we haven't needed a nanny or any kind of external oh. care. But I'm sure that will change soon. Um, and so, yeah, I pretty much work three days a week. And two of those days I work from home. And one, I come into the studio here, which we are today. And yeah, like my role is very dependent on where the business needs me at any given time. I sit kind of, you know, across all of the creative. I sit across the marketing. I'm obviously as the owner and director across all of the kind of financial yeah. side of things. But yeah, I'm really lucky. Um, if anyone has ever read anything that I've ever said about, <laughs> it's about my team. Um, I have the most insane team. Yeah led by a very talented general manager. So she kind of keeps everything running smoothly and I get to spend enough quality time with my little girl. That's amazing. And it's in a be- you're in a beautiful office. Like the yeah. space is just so inspiring. Well, we moved Gorgeous. here. We moved here at the end of last year. I was literally renovating this place nine months pregnant. So <laughs> it's not finished by any stretch of the imagination because I was just like, okay, I could play. Stop getting high on paint fumes now. It's yeah, like great baby. For, <laughs> for the baby. But, you yeah, know, we love it. It's, it feels really nice and we're going to be here a long time, I think. Yeah. So just shifting back to, like, the early days in business because mm-hmm. a lot of my business – a lot of my listeners are, like, in the first maybe year or two of their business. Mm-hmm. How did you get those first few clients? Like, I know you said you didn't charge very much, mm-hmm. but, like, where did you find the clients? It was all just – through friends of friends you know I think you start out with your little circle and the biggest you know thing for me was always do great work because great work sells itself if you do a brilliant job that work and that client will you know bring you two more clients and it kind of expands from there um but like I was 22 so I was like young and I had all the energy in the world (laughs) for socializing and you know what I would put in inverted commas networking I hate that word <laughs> yeah exactly and, you know now that stuff just makes me tired thinking yeah. about it but when you're 22 you have all the energy and I think like honestly that's the biggest piece of advice I have is like that age-old saying of like it's not what you know it's who you know is so bloody true so true and then you know treat those people that you do work with like absolute VIPs do a killer job and it will like for sure lead to more work what are your tips then for like um, exceeding customer or client expectations? expectations? Oh gosh, that's a great question. Um, I think always giving your best self, like, you know, being really true to who you are, being really honest with them as to your capabilities. Like you never want to, you know, overpromise something that you can't deliver. Um, and being 
really hyper aware of what their expectations are, having a really clear brief to begin with so that you both start on the same page and then you can surprise and delight because (laughs) their their expectations are here and then you can meet them above that. But if their expectations are well above what you'll ever be able to deliver, then there's obviously an incongruence there. But yeah, it's a good question. I think it's something that we're always working on at SmackBang. Like how can we do better? Yeah, and I think it's just so important because Mm. like... As you said, yeah, word of mouth is such a good way to market your business. And we're so hung up on like, oh, let's get more Instagram followers and let's throw up some Facebook ads. And then we don't actually think about like that word of of mouth element or like who you know element. Totally. And I think it's just like that is the crux of marketing. And then all these other platforms are are kind of word of mouth on steroids. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like your Instagram has a reputation that is derived from word of mouth. It's yeah. just in a completely new medium. So, so it's, yeah, it's, it's so important. Yes. <laughs> so as the, as the business grew from being just you to mm-hmm. having a bit of a team and now quite a big team, how, how have you prioritized working on the business versus in the business? Not a great question. I love these. Um, I feel like I was really... Um, committed to always working on the business. Yeah. So I had an amazing business coach that also held me accountable to it. But from, I, I want to say like the first few months, I always designated Tuesdays. Tuesdays were my day yeah. where I didn't touch any client work. And it was always, you know, like at the start, it was a lot around like learning. So it was kind of, you know, experimenting, like figuring out what the frick to do with finances. <laughs> like, um, and then a big part of my Tuesdays was marketing the business. So yeah. it was like, okay, cool. How, how am I showing up to the world? What can I do to expand the brand into the, you know, types of clients that I want to be in front of? Yeah. And I, I was just really strict with it. I just, you know, no ifs or buts. I never scheduled client meetings. I never scheduled client work on Tuesdays. And I really, I really, really enjoyed Tuesdays and that, yeah made it exponentially easier to work on the business because yeah. I enjoyed it. Did you ever feel guilty for it? Never. That's so good. Never. So many people do. I think that it is the most important work though. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I was really lucky that I had a mentor that, you know, probably encouraged that and, you know, really instilled that in my mind. But it's, if you're not working on that, the client work will dry up. And, yeah. You know, so you don't true. have a business. That's so true. And, like, as business owners, we're pretty prone to having, like, millions of different ideas. How do you um, pick which ideas are good ones? Oh, God. Ones I'm still really <laughs> bad at that stuff. Just ask my general manager. So, I was chatting to her the other day, and I said, I'm really good at throwing everything on the wall, and you're really good at seeing what sticks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I they call me the confetti queen downstairs because I just, like, walk around with, like, bursting little things, confetti ideas around. I think... Learn, like learning from what has worked in the past is really good to keep you in check. Yeah. Like, you know, if you if you just walk around throwing confetti ideas everywhere and not actually measuring or tracking how each of those have worked, you're gonna like it's kind of that age-old like you know making the same mistake twice kind yeah. of thing. Like I I always aim to learn from every single thing I do, and um, yeah, so that kind of holds me accountable to not just doing everything yeah you know I'm like okay well that didn't work last time so I don't think you know that similar activity is going to work I might change it in this way or this idea is better yeah um, just from past experience yeah that's pretty good and I think like it's quite easy as business owners to like start ideas or like 
when you're, I don't know, when you're stuck in something that you're not enjoying or something that just becomes like work and then suddenly you see a sparkly idea and you're like, oh, I'm just going to go on that one. And then while you're chasing that idea, you get another sparkly idea and it's... It's so true and you really need to like, yeah, I think, the, I don't know, I don't know whether this is just me, but I do find with entrepreneurs that we're very good at moving on. <laughs> So yes. you start something and then you lose interest and then you move on to the next thing. Yeah. Before you know it, you've created this whole trail of mess behind you and nothing's actually finished, nothing's yeah. had an impact. Like, I mean, you're having a hell of time because you're just, like, in, like, <laughs> the genius zone of, like, these projects where you don't have yes. to actually execute. But I think it takes great discipline to, you know, mm. stop, take measure, finish what you started, um, and, yeah, make sure that you're having impact. Yeah. That's one of my key focuses this year is, like, yeah, you now I have you know far less time than I ever have had mm-hmm. with little Dylan. That I'm very conscious of what I'm doing needs to have impact. So really thinking things that. through before I start. Them. Is that <laughs> would you say that's your word of the year then? My word of the year is actually ease. Ease. Um, yeah, I just oh, want interesting. Yeah, mine was intention. That was mine two years ago. Really? Intention. Did it work? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was great. It made me stop and consider things. Yeah. And like take I, pause. Yeah. Like I've sort of started deciding that everything I do this year is, it's not just going to be the sparkly squirrels. It's right. actually going to be intentional stuff because last year was the year of squirrels. Yeah. Fireworks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So one of the things I really want to chat about is branding because mm-hmm. you're like the branding queen. <laughs> um, so just to start from scratch, what's your definition of branding? Oh, I like that. Um, I think a brand is how a business shows up in the world. It's, mm. you know, it's how you're presenting yourself in every kind of medium, every kind of, you know, way, shape or form. And it's, it's how people describe you. It's your reputation. And it's like the story that you're telling to the world. I love that. So which do you think is more important than like the visual or the non-visual stuff? Oh gosh. Um, I think you can't have one without the other, of course. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, oh God, it depends what we've slot into each of those categories. But I think like non-visual is crucial because the visual essentially is, I feel, the secondary step. Like you can't just whip up a pretty picture and expect to have a booming business. You need to actually have a clear strategy and that's built through the non-visual. And then the visual communicates that to the world. So it's basically, it's not about getting a logo. No. It's about having a logo that communicates the strategy that you've yeah. already came up with. So I feel like it's step one and then step two. And I don't think that yeah. you can just stop at step one because no one will ever see or hear of your brand. Does it kill um, you when you see people like, I don't know if you hang out in Facebook groups at all, but like in business Facebook groups where people are like, which one of these? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have Does Facebook groups. So I get emails all the time. What? Hey, tell us which logo do you prefer? I'm like... One, I'm sorry, I would love to reply to you, but I clearly don't have time. And two, I have no idea what the hell brief you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Like, who is your target market? What are your goals? What's your vision? Like, what are you trying to do to your industry? Yeah. You know, like a, a little logo like this, like red or blue. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Even like. It comes back to being intentional. Yeah. Like, I didn't really understand the importance of branding until maybe about a year year and a half ago yeah um and like when I had a branding session with you I think it was like this time last year yeah it was and after that went and did a complete rebrand and everything changed like it just made the biggest difference and you saw a difference in the clients oh 100 yeah 100 how cool it's honestly so powerful I 
I always knew, obviously, you know, like being so obsessed with branding, I always knew that it would have an impact externally. But what I've found to be really surprising is that branding actually has such an impact internally to your business as well. Like it mm. keeps you, like you have a north, like you have a kind of center yeah. in your business. You always know where you need to be because you've built this brand strategy. And then also when you're building out a team, like you know who to hire because you know who can embody the brand and, you know, yeah, like so, fit within the values. And so it like shapes the culture, I guess. 100%. They know where to fit. They know how to, you know, deliver each day because they understand the brand. That makes so much sense. And I think it's probably something that most business owners overlook at the start because they're like, you're not, when you're thinking of your brand values, if you even think of your brand values at all, Mm. like as a new business owner, you're not thinking about how it's going to shape the culture when you start to hire people. Totally. But it's, Yeah. yeah, it's huge. It's been such a good learning for me. Yeah. So one of your blog posts that I was reading the other day was about how good marketing starts with good branding. Can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by this? Yeah, so I it's it's always really hard to draw the line between branding and marketing. I find, and mm-hmm. I think like for me, branding is about the the story that makes up who you are, and marketing yeah. is about selling that story. So essentially, that. like branding is your foundation, and marketing is your action. Um, so yeah, I always I don't think that you can market a business without good branding. Because yeah. you're just taking action and no foundation. It's kind of like... It's I hard s- as well. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, what the hell story are you selling? Yeah. Because um, people aren't buying that product. No, that's it. They yeah. never buy the product. They're buying the experience that that product can give them or the story behind that product or the person. Exactly. You know, it's never about the product. Yeah. Like, I've... In the past, I've worked with clients who haven't had strong branding and it's been really tough trying to market whatever it is that they're selling yeah. because... It's kind of like, I always describe it as like, with when you build a house, you need really strong foundations. Yeah. Like, you're not going to just like whip up four flimsy walls and then throw some really pretty cushions around and spend all this money on like <laughs> the styling of the inside. Like the house is going to fall down. Yeah. And I always think about the branding as, you know, the strong foundations of a house. And then the marketing is like, you know, what you do to kind of lure people into that house and, you know, the, the experience that's had within it. That makes so much sense. And I guess like if you've got, poor branding then you can throw as much money at marketing as you want and you know it's going to work yeah no like if you've got bad branding oh sorry bad branding and you're spending all that money it's like you're throwing it in a void yeah putting water in a bathtub with no plug 100% (laughs) exactly so in your opinion what is the difference between a good brand and a great brand like what what differentiates them um oh god there's a list as long as the brand I feel like to begin with it needs to be a and i hate this word with a passion but it needs to be authentic yeah um you can't just slap on a story and when i talk about brand i always pair it with talking about a story because that's essentially that branding is storytelling yeah um so that story that you're telling the world needs to be your story and no one else's so that you know like if you if you're presenting to the world with a story that you've just kind of like on the grapevine or you thought like that brand did a cool you know they're doing well so i'm just going to steal that kind of vibe it never lasts the you know to build a sustainable brand you need to have a story that really is true to you um and then present that story with like creativity and interest and fill a gap like yeah that's so it's so underrated just yeah it's so so underrated And being 
like being confident to be yourself, you know, mm-hmm. through your brand. Like if you're hiding away from what truly makes you tick, I feel like you never really present the full story and yeah. people don't really relate emotionally. I think a brand in essence is an exercise in in having an emotional connection with your customer and they can't have an emotional connection with you if you're not authentic, if you're not telling your own story, etc. etc. Yeah, and like I don't know, I've not, one of the things I've noticed is with a lot of new businesses, if they don't have the money to spend getting a proper brand strategy done, they sort of start to not copy but like emulate the competitors a little bit. Do you think what's the line between drawing inspiration yeah, and full on copying them? Um, I guess yeah it's, it's it's really hard because there is just so much in the world like yeah i really don't like it's it's probably a really pessimistic thing for me to say but i don't think that there is anything original anymore <laughs> like there is just essentially too much in the world but yeah for me personally my practice around that is to like i work with my blinkers on yeah so i never look at like other design agencies yeah i never i my general manager her role is to keep tabs on our competitors and ensure that we're never kind of stepping on toes or Mm -hmm. you know that there's never any kind of murkiness around that but that's not my job and I never want to look at our competitors because I just want to do work that's original to us um and communicate a brand that feels you know congruent to who we all are um but I'll happily look at you know brands that are doing amazingly in different industries like yeah. i draw inspiration from beauty brands or you know yeah. homewares brands or but never direct competitors because i think that once you see something you can't unsee it and that's so that true can kind of mess with your direction it terrifies me like sometimes when i'm writing copy or something i'm like oh like did i hear this somewhere yes. else like, did, I, did i come up with that or is and that something else's did as well but i think it's the intent behind it as yeah. well like it's so great to say that because it obviously shows how conscious you are yeah. of not being a copycat well i mean like mm. having having had my entire website like ripped off oh, recently i'm like oh, oh now i'm even more conscious i'm sure it's, it's happened to you multiple times yeah. and it's frustrating but you know they do say invitations are sincere it's from a flattery and like i'm just like sure yeah i'll take that and not think too much into it because it just pisses me off way too much <laughs> yeah i know they like ripped off even brand values exact word for word brand values about like what and one of them was like marketing honestly oh Which my I just, god i thought i knew that i had like, a funny story i wrote a blog post um Oh, well, it was probably two years ago. And in it was like kind of my journey of becoming an entrepreneur. And I mentioned the fact that when I was four years old, I sold belly button dusters at a yeah. market. Like literally <laughs> these pipe cleaners, stupid things. I don't know how my mother allowed me to go to the markets and sell these things, like $2 each or something. But there was a girl that was ripping off all of my copy on her own oh. website. She posted a blog that was no joke, like, copy and paste probably changed four lines and, and said that she sold belly button dusters at a marga when she was poisoned. <laughs> I was like, this is either a huge coincidence, but I really can't imagine that oh any other goodness. idiot was selling belly button dusters <laughs> at the market. <laughs> I was trying to say, the Google God, like Come that. on, totally. It's <laughs> a great idea. Um, um, so one of the things that you've like written quite a bit about is consistency and how that's so important 
how can a brand ensure that everything they're doing is consistent? Like it's all well and good. You get your style guide from your Mm -hmm. designer and then you take that, but then you've got to make sure that everything you do is consistent. How? how Um, I guess it's just as simple as like staying woke. (laughs) (laughs) Stay awake to what you're doing every day and, you know, take time out. You know, for instance, like on a Tuesday, if you were to do what I did and have like Tuesdays working on the business, just like maybe it's once every three months or once every six months, whatever feels right for you. Like just look at everything you do objectively. Yeah. And that means like going through your business with a fine tooth comb. It's like, how do you answer the phone? What's your voicemail like? What are your Instagram captions like? What's your email (laughs) autoresponder like? What, you know, like everything, everything, how are you showing up in the world? Because that entire thing is branding. People get a style guide and they're like, great, my brand's done. I'm like, 5% 5% of your brand's done. You've got your fonts, your logos, and your colors. Yeah. Like, there's this whole, like, your brand is essentially your entire business, you know, presentation. And that yeah. comes down to, like, what you wear to meetings. So, so like, if somebody hasn't got the budget to go and get, like, a full brand strategy done, mm-hmm. they've just got the visuals done by a designer, Yeah. what do, would you recommend they start with? Like, there's a lot there. From like voicemail to meeting room to yeah, like how your meeting yeah. rooms look to yeah. all of that. Um, I generally recommend our clients to map out an entire customer journey. So from when yeah. it's such a cathartic experience, a big job though. Need coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so and I do this regularly with the team, and when I say regularly, probably yearly. I think yeah. that that's all we need at this point. But from when a client first interacts with you, so. Maybe they call your phone. Maybe they leave a, a message on your website. Maybe they email you directly. What are they presented with at that step? The next step. And then you literally go through and you need to break it right down to catch all the little nitty-gritty details that pop up along the way. Um, and, you know, map that out on a big piece of butcher's paper, review every single step, whether it's like an EDM template, um, you know, as I said, like a voicemail, how you're showing up in meetings, the bloody coffee that you're offering in meetings, all yeah. of that. And then just start from the top and work your way through everything. Yeah, take take, take like four week. months four months off. No. I think it's a work in progress and you know, like we as I said, it's kind of like that idea of staying awake to what's happening yeah. around you, you know, like we're always looking at our business objectively. Like, you know, even this morning I've just read an EDM that we had sent out. Oh, that font's really small. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> such a, like, that, that email has been going out for ages. Yeah. I've just realized, like, that font's a bit small. And just being able to action that and being yeah. nimble enough to constantly pick these things up and change them as you go. And then, as I said, doing an audit maybe once a year and just, like, really reviewing everything in detail. Yeah. So just basically being perfectionist. 100%. So then do you think that a brand's like ever done and dusted? No, never. never. I'm actually writing a blog post on this at the moment, but great. Yeah, a brand is constantly evolving and it's a work in progress and it should be because the world isn't a stagnant place. Like your customers are changing all the time. You're changing all the time. What's needed in the world is changing all the time. So yeah, of course, like, you want to always tweak and refine your brand and make sure that it's living up to what your expectations are presently, Um, which is a constant work in progress, but it's the best investment you can make. It's what people come to you for. But then how do you know if you're just being like, 
if you're just chasing a sparkly squirrel or chasing a friend? I think asking, I mean, you know, like I wouldn't ever recommend like changing the goalposts every two months, you know, yeah. like, okay, we're this brand, no, now we're this brand, no, now it should be. Sounds a bit like what I've done in the last year. A, a gradual evolve, yeah. evolving process. Unless, of course, it needs to be drastic, then by all means be drastic, yeah. but don't be drastic every two months. That's just like confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's reviewing what's working as yeah. well you know like maybe you change the goalposts drastically and as you said you did you've got all these amazing clients that you really yeah. wanted oh no but i've since changed them drastically again <laughs> <laughs> oh god don't tell me this um, <laughs> yes i think it's just making sure that you're measuring and tracking what works and you know doing things intentionally like we spoke yeah. about don't just change things for the sake of changing it you know, change yeah. things because you've done your research and you figured that that wasn't working and that this needs to be experimented with. And yeah. But also, you know, like there's only a finite amount of time in the world, so it's being realistic with how you're going to spend that resource. Yeah. And, like, to be fair, so my big change was going from Wild Bloom to working under, yeah. like, a personal brand, yeah, and that so. was because that was a shift away from client work towards yeah. more teaching people what to do. Yeah. Um, and I just found that it worked. It, it made more sense for it to be under my own brand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, like, that just goes to show that that's what felt – and this sounds so cliche. Like, I'm not trying to be Tony Robbins, but, <laughs> like, that just goes to show that's what felt feels right for you, like, feels true. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if, if you're getting the direct feedback loop that is saying, yes, this is working, then brilliant. Stay with that until yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. So – what one of the, like one of the big things that I found with the Wild Bloom rebrand was that people started to resonate a lot better, and I got a lot of feedback mm-hmm. that was like, "Oh, you like understand businesses." Yeah. How? What? What would you recommend as your top tips for brands to resonate better with potential customers or clients? Um. Yeah, I think being human, and that's it goes to show with what you've just done is really interesting because I even saw with the transition that you've done is. You've gone from looking more like a bit of an agency or a studio to look yeah. like you. Like you're very much the front and center of that brand, and I'm sure that's where it's tough. <laughs> it's tough, but I bet it's working it really scary. well because people love to resonate with. You know, as we said, people buy from people. They don't buy products. Sorry, we're just pouring water. Yeah, <laughs> that's a weird sound. Um, so yeah, being human and showing up as yourself, yeah. I think, is really important. Um, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And I guess, yeah, just showing people that you get where they're coming from. Yeah, that emotional kind of You're not like a big business that's up, way up here when you're trying to market to like small customers and, totally. to say, and they don't feel like you understand them. Yeah, and I think that that's a really good exercise as well to constantly be putting yourself in your client's shoes and saying like, what would I think about me if yeah, I was that so person? True. Um, how, how am I being perceived? Because, you know, that in, in essence is brand. Yeah, you know that reputation piece. Yeah. So if someone's listening to this and they're thinking like, "Oh, my brand doesn't resonate, or my brand's not consistent, or I don't know, like they just hate their brand," would you recommend that they start by doing a complete rebrand or a refresh? It's a hard question without knowing, you know, more details. But I guess it would depend on what their client loyalty is like. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you've always got to be careful if you've built up quite a, a database of, you know, not even just customers, but an audience that understands who you are and what you do. It is 
somewhat dangerous territory and I'm so sure that you kind of fear there was yeah. a little bit of fear in like a drastic change because you're like oh do people well I lose a whole bunch of people and I think the question you have to ask then is like am I losing the people that I want to lose yeah. and there's a lot of confusion around it as well totally yeah. yeah yeah so I think it's like you just need to be really clear on what your goals are with yeah. the rebrand and then you can kind of work like reverse engineer it from there in the sense of how far do I need to change it to reach those goals yeah, that makes don't sense. throw the baby out of the bathwater <laughs> kind of thing yeah no that makes total sense mm-hmm. I think like one of the biggest challenges I had with the rebrand was communicating it to people yeah and like I still get people being like oh Steph Taylor from Wild Bloom I'm like no sorry guys that. <laughs> that one's been put to rest now yeah yeah I actually wrote a blog post on that oh, really? communicating a rebrand is great oh, good. I can read that. yeah there you go yeah it's a tricky one though and we have clients like because the thing is, like, it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of, like, a rebrand in every business is for a different purpose, therefore needs to have a different delivery. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's so customised. That makes so much sense. Mm. Um, amazing. Okay, so I've got a couple of questions for you around building a team yeah. because I know that it's something that a lot of people struggle with yeah. and it's pretty scary. Like, I know... Yeah. Like, I hired my first casual about a year and a bit ago, and it was really, really scary. Yeah. Um, So who was the first person that you hired? So back in the day, I hired a beautiful girl named Maria, and um, she was – I hired her. I was probably six months into it, and she was just a contractor, which was a really nice foray into, you know, being an employer – um, and so, yeah, it was quite flexible in that sense. She probably did worked out to be about three days a week um, to begin with. Yeah. And then from there, hired casual staff and then built up. And now I have a team of about, you know, on any given day between 12 and 15. Um, and, you know, 12 of those are full time. And, wow. yeah, it's great. You know, I think it is it is really scary. But if you want to have an impact, and I'm sure you've found this, if you yeah. want to stay in your genius zone and do the work that you love and you want to have an impact on the world in whatever way shape or form that is it's really hard to go out alone it is and it's also not in my personal opinion it's not that fun like the fulfillment that i have got from having a team far outweighs the fear of feeding that many mouths every payroll yeah and i think like it's probably more fun than working at home it's so nice and with it comes like great responsibility and responsibility that I don't take lightly and it's it's it is yeah. like you know it is a huge commitment but also like if you hire the right people they'll make they'll grow your business it's such a yeah you know, getting what you put out kind of thing and as I said it's it is honestly the greatest fulfillment I get out of business is working yeah. with talented creative minds and you know just collaborating and like as you said it keeps you in your genius zone because your yeah. genius zone probably isn't dealing with <laughs> yeah exactly Invoicing people and therefore everyone thrives you know if yeah. everyone's playing in their lane it just makes the whole business exponentially more amazing definitely so what are your secrets for hiring the right people um I actually wrote a blog post. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but this blog post is coming out next week, so good timing. Oh, good. <laughs> um, building a team that feels like family, it's called. And it's um, mm. just essentially like my top tips for what I think is the best process, like how I go about hiring. I think like 
I really place a lot of emphasis on my team and who I bring into this space because essentially it is my livelihood. You know, like the people here are my livelihood. And I also take great responsibility in ensuring that they're, you know, really happy and secure in their jobs as well. So, yeah, I I hire purely based on gut. <laughs> um, it's all about the, you know, like kind of filling a gap in the team. So what yeah. kind of dynamic do we need? Who do, what does this individual have to bring to the team and the family rather than to the role? Um, the role yeah. is secondary. So it's like their, what's their magic really? Exactly, 100%. And how does that magic fit with the magic of the team itself? Yeah, Um, And then my golden rule is hiring people with self-awareness and people that are really bloody comfortable in their own skin because it is so easy to teach someone who is happy and content in who they are. It's really hard to get through to someone who has boundaries and walls up and insecurities and you know I, I just find that there's such a like there's far more time and energy spent so yeah that's my golden rule like grit grace self-awareness um and love a fantastic attitude people that are hungry oh, i love hiring people so that yeah. are a little bit underqualified but yeah. they're super hungry because you yeah. just like can see their trajectory just go nuts and that's like as a boss the most fulfilling thing is seeing that's your awesome. team grow yeah that's awesome and like have in the past when I've worked in a role where like I was underqualified yeah. it was such a good feeling so yeah. I imagine like you're that the underdog you're like I'm gonna prove yeah. that I can do this and that's, that's such a great energy that's such a good idea yeah um, so what's been like the biggest hiring mistake that you've made along the way Ooh, um <laughs> if you can share well back in the day this is actually quite funny when I first started so Prior to running Smackbang Designs, I'd never stepped foot in a design agency. I had no idea what a staff organization chart would look like for a design agency. And little to my knowledge, there are these things called account managers that keep the whole place running. And I was 22 and I was like, I just need designers. Like, I'm going to make a design agency. I just hire designers, right? So I hired like four designers or something. (laughs) And so I had all these clients filtering all this work there's like you know the clients at the top all the designers down the bottom and then this like really precarious middle point that was me that was trying to yeah I was absolutely I was in the way of my own business and I was you know trying to filter this work in between and you know at the same time mentor all these designers and so that was a huge mistake and it took me like a while to correct that course had to bloody figure out what my account manager was to begin with and then hire one. Um, that, and would then that would have been a really tough hire as well because, like, when you're thinking of hiring designers, you're like, oh, well, this and person, this is how much for. I'm paying this person, this yeah. is the productive output, whereas, like, as an account manager, that's yeah, not so true. the productive output yeah. as much. 100%. Yeah. And also, like, I didn't know what I was looking for. Yeah. Um. So, again, I just hired one guy and it turned out to be the biggest win ever because that's Elodie who's now my general manager she was the first account manager that I hired and now she pretty much runs this place so it's amazing trust your gut people (laughs) it never lies (laughs) that's amazing awesome well at the end of every episode I have a couple of questions that I ask everyone hit me all right so first question I'm sleep deprived so this could be interesting (laughs) (laughs) the first one that I ask is what advice would you give to your pre-business self so 22 year old Tess. Um, 
don't forget to make a life for yourself while you're busy making a living that I love that that's so true like because it'd be so easy just to hustle 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 and, and then you look up and you're yeah. like oh five and years ago for the first yeah literally for the first I reckon four years I was in pure hustle mode and I was so lucky that I have an amazing partner who I've been with since I was 18 yeah. who stuck around through all of that but my god if I was him I probably would have left oh. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time like those five years of hustle four years of hustle probably yeah, set me up like that's yeah that's what set you up for what you've got exactly now. so, so it's, yeah it's, it's definitely bittersweet but I think like you know if I had have got hit by a bus at the end of that four years it would have been some regrets <laughs> <laughs> sorry to be more um the next question what has been your biggest whoops moment um Probably that account management thing because I got myself into a real pickle. I was completely exhausted, depleted. The business was suffering um, and all I needed to fix was just hiring a bloody account manager. Yeah. How did you figure out that you needed an account manager? Research. Yeah. Um, Just like what into Google, what am I doing wrong? (laughs) No. Um, I spoke to a lot of people. I spoke to my mentor. I was just like, I'm the bottleneck. How do I get out of this? And yeah, came up with that solution. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and what has been your biggest growth moment? Ah, I don't know. There have been so, so many. But I think if we talk about growth in terms of what I'm most proud of, I've just had five months off yeah. to bring my daughter into the world. And as a business owner, like it's it's such a feat. And I'm so proud of myself and of my team that I was able to set myself up to do that and to do it with, you know, like grace as well. Like I didn't yeah. feel guilty I didn't feel like I was like all that needed in the business. It, it felt really seamless. And I'm so grateful for my team for allowing that to happen. That's so amazing because, I don't know, for me right now, like the thought of taking five months mm, off, I'm huge. like, oh, that doesn't feel happen. good. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> Everything I, would just go away. Exactly. And I was yeah. like that for, you know, eight years, literally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that's probably like, yeah, if we talk about growth in terms of pride. Well, you should be pretty, pretty proud of yourself Thanks, for that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tess. Tell us, um, where can our listeners find a little bit more about you and Smackbang? So we're at Smackbang Designs uh, on Insta and then smackbangdesigns.com. And yeah, my personal is just Tess underscore underscore Robinson. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tess. Thanks for having me.